0: Still got one man up, and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat us the last line of defence, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes on the outside.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black, and white. My name is Gabriel and by thick and thin, boys, we are here to talk about a very thin moment, as ever, by my good friends and fellow Bath fans, Tom and Charlie. Tom, I think you know, maybe regular listeners of the podcast might have seen that we didn't release the podcast on our normal Tuesday morning. Uh, maybe they thought we'd given up the ghost, but no, we are here to talk about the semi-final defeat. Have you recovered yet, mate?
2: Uh, yeah, I think I'm getting there. Like, Genuinely, on on Saturday night, I was I was I was gutted, and to be honest, into Sunday, like it's it's probably the the worst I felt after a game because it it really did feel like it was there for the taking, and we 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 could have won that game if we'd if we played a lot better. And you know, if you look two weeks ago, we were so buoyant on this podcast talking about you know a potential top four charge and and maybe silverware for the first time in in thirteen years, and then just two weeks later, two games later. Suddenly both those things are kind of um are kind of gone. So yeah, massively disappointing. But as you say, every every player and fan was hurting on Saturday night and um we're here through thick and thin.
0: Let's blame Will Muir. Let's blame him. It's all his fault. <laughs> he comes on the podcast and all goes to shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. First 100 episodes was some roller coaster, and I think the roller coaster's taken a pretty um, steep dive over the past, you know, for the episodes 101 and 102. Charlie, so disappointing Saturday night. I think we had such high hopes, and and to kind of lose, especially in the fashion which we did lose about, which we'll obviously talk about in depth, was just just gut wrenchingly tough to take. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean,
0: especially for us who. Eagerly, our tickets to the Challenge Cup final. So, uh, I'll be having to dig out (laughs) that Montpellier shirt from somewhere. But, uh, if anyone, any sellers are on eBay, maybe I'll have to try and get something to to show my allegiance on the day. But, um, yeah, really tough to take like, proper sucker punch. Uh, and I think you can see it on all bases as well. I think. Like whatever us as fans are feeling, having gone through that, I mean, you could you could see just the huge disappointment in in the players' faces. I think I think they knew that it wasn't a good performance, and I think that's probably what hurts most. I mean, if you, it's the fact that there was a lot left out there on the field that um, could have yeah could have would have should have uh, made a difference, but look, uh, it is through thick and thin. This is very thin, and we'll have to yeah just hope that the Boys can climb back on the horse, and you know maybe this season's now beyond us. We'll argue that later, but uh,
1: yeah, if not, looking ahead to next. Mm, yeah, I think we will kind of talk a bit later on in the podcast, Charlie, about kind of where we go now with this season. Kind of given this, we're out of this, and and kind of the Heineken Cup has been extended to top eight places. You know, we need to find something to kind of play for, and we will talk about that. We're also going to talk about the. The Bristol game lads which I'm (laughs) I'm kind of not really looking forward to that much Um, and and Tom was on the Bristol Bears Beyond the Gate podcast uh, so he's going to talk about his experience on that Um, and it's obviously Lions selection week and uh, I think we're maybe the only rugby podcast that hasn't spoken about the Lions selection so we're going to look at that obviously with some blue black and white tinted glasses and and Warren Gatland at the rec on, on, on Saturday night to watch the game kind of where kind of what the performances from those guys on on, on Friday night did for on Saturday night sorry did for their line selections and kind of who we can anticipate getting in there from a bath point of view and before we kind of get to the podcast I will just say please do follow us on on social media uh, on Twitter on Instagram on Facebook uh, and subscribe to the podcast uh, and spread the word with your friends. Obviously, only a few more episodes to go this season, so spread the word, and then you can spend all summer. What more could you want to do with your summer as we come out of lockdown to listen to the back catalogue of the roller coaster ride? Um, so do that, and obviously spread the word with your friends. Um, but Tom, let's get into the the kind of the 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 nineteen ten defeat on Saturday night. Uh, no points from Bath. Uh, in the second half only three points scored in the second half and that was in the 79th minute um and i think charlie touched on it but i think what was so frustrating was the performance was it's not like we went out all guns blazing in a really good performance and kind of just were beaten by the better side the performance was was so poor wasn't that
2: yeah it was it was it was shocking and i i know we've we've mentioned this before Um, The kind of famous um, Albert Einstein quote of, of definition of insanity is just trying the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, we said last week on this podcast, we can't get into an arm wrestle with Montpellier. That is the type of game they want with their big forwards. We need to change the point of attack, not just go route one, particularly given that we're missing our chief carrier, Beno Urbano. And we just did the same thing. There was no adaptability. So many times, three or four times in that second half, we got to write down on the, you know, last couple of meters that we had to make in that that pick and go game. And we just kept doing the same thing again. And then Montpellier, credit to them, they defended really well. But that was the sort of game they wanted us to, 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 to play. And I think that for me, it just showed, again, a bit of a lack of leadership on the field. Um a massive lack of being able to adapt to what's in front of you and to, to the defence that's in front of you. Um, and also just a, a real poor game management from, let's be honest, guys who talk about Lions are expecting to go on that tour and are proven internationals. So it was disappointing and I felt like the game plan in that second half, you know, we had all the ball, 29% of possession in their 22 in that second half and we weren't able to to convert one of those tries so as i said it was there for the taking to be honest and we we didn't do it and that's what that's what hurts yeah
1: i mean that pick and go game charlie was was something that i think i think we've prided ourselves on but but when it became clear i guess in the second half um that it wasn't going to work were you sort of screaming at the telly saying get the ball out try and trust these backs to get that try or were you saying were you thinking that that maybe we could we could kind of Get just one of them over, and that would be enough to win the game.
0: No, I, I think. I think I was. I mean, the conditions weren't particularly nice. I mean, you sort of understood why they were potentially sticking to their guns and why that some of those decisions were, were being made. Obviously, it's very easy to sit here in hindsight and say, "Oh, you know, why didn't you just do this?" Um, but we were saying it last week. Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, so I mean, I I was. I, yeah, I was disappointed. I mean, <laughs> uh, I think fortunately, my 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 memory of the game is hazier than uh, <laughs> normally uh, on a Saturday night on Bank Holiday weekend. But um, yeah, I think I was I was I I just would have got the ball out certainly in that second half and tried to like play a bit more rugby. I mean. <sighs> Like, yeah, there was we, we we were just sort of bashing our heads against the wall, and there, there was it was it was plan A, plan A, plan A. There just seemed to be no, there wasn't really one moment in the game where I really thought, oh well, you know, we we, we really tried something there. It, 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 just, it just didn't happen.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, I, I guess just looking on 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 Twitter, guys, I think what you're saying, Tom, is being echoed by by almost everyone. I think Greg Humphrey says no plan B when our pick and go game wasn't working. David McCain says no plan B, even the threat that we might try something would have made Montpellier have to align the defence in a different way. Anne Kirkham says the most unintelligent 80 minutes of rugby I've ever seen from Bath. And I guess I I guess I guess I maybe agree, but I I don't know. At the time I definitely wasn't saying let's get this ball out and let's try and let's try and let's try and score another way. Because it was it was 16 10 and I just felt like it I just felt almost inevitable that we were going to do it and obviously we didn't do it and 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 kind of now looking back that the, yeah okay maybe we've got to trust Orlando more maybe we've got to use JJ maybe we've got to use Watson but I personally at the time wasn't thinking that I was thinking okay it will come it will come it will come and obviously you know 29% possession in the 22 I just felt like when they're down to 14 I just felt like it was going to come and it just never did come and I, and I think that was very disappointing obviously but I certainly wasn't saying kick sticks, which a lot of people were saying that maybe we should have done. I don't know. Were you, Tom? No, uh, just just two things on that though.
2: So I think I think you're right. The pick and go game's been really effective for us. But I think there's sometimes you see, you know, it, it, it feels like people think about it in black or white. You either pick and go or you. Sp- like fling it out wide. And the, the answer is that there's, there's that's, a, that's two ends of the spectrum. I think what we needed to do was get the ball in the hands of a first receiver, be it a Mercer, and then to shift it, or even a Bailey, and then to shift it just to a different point of contact, not necessarily to go right right out wide, but just stop running into the brick wall that was, was, was there forwards. And I think after two or three times of trying the same approach, you do have to try something different, even if that approach worked for you in previous games. The other thing that I think is, is an important point is that we had an Irish referee, not an English referee as we're used to in the Premiership. And I think the breakdown was refereed slightly differently to what we're used to you're seeing in the Premiership. I think there were three or four penalties in that area for when Bath essentially um, uh, went over the top of the... basically sealed off the breakdown, um, which you don't tend to see as much in the Premiership, or at least not, not in the Bath games that I've seen. So... I think we needed to adapt a little bit better when plan A didn't work in the first two or three times and then also ad- adapting to the, the way that the breakdown
0: was being refereed as well. Yeah, I think you mentioned a point just then, Gabriel, about, uh, I, I understood what you meant. I mean, I think the turning point, like the turning point in the whole game was, was at that yellow card period where, uh mm-hmm. where we, we got turned over on their line and we were going for it, going for it, going for it. And I think that is where my, my like thoughts on the matter shifted from, right. This clearly isn't working. That was only after like 50 minutes. And Mm -hmm. that, that was a huge moment. We took a huge blow to our, like to our confidence and mentality because they just had a man in the bin. we had had about three opportunities where we could have taken points. I mean, that's a whole different question in itself. This is knockout rugby. Uh, I, I, while, while I while I probably was there in front of the TV saying yeah this is probably the right decision we're on there to the fifteen meter line uh, it's not it's, it's not necessarily a gimme kick um, so you know I, I I can understand it not arguing with that had it been right in front of the sticks probably would have asked you to take the points but after that moment uh, that's when I was I was starting to think look we've actually got to start trying something else and then when the line out just kept going to pop mm-hmm. like. The, the, the forwards just just seem to sort of just, just blow up. Everything seems to blow up in the forward spaces after that point, and we weren't able to capitalise on that yellow card like period. I mean, and and that should be a time where you are trying to throw the ball around. You shouldn't be just trying to keep it tight with slow ball that's eating up the clock.
1: Mm. Yeah, for me, for me, and I think Charlie Yule's is is coming under a lot of criticism on on Twitter for for his kind of game management and and not kind of being able to adapt on the pitch. But I think the, the bigger issue and, and the biggest issue on the night was the line-out. I think we lost eight line-outs. Like, yeah, well, eight, 50% on the line Yeah, out, so, eight, I mean, like you, that, that for me was the crux. That was just a huge issue. And I think, firstly, I think credit to, to Montpellier. Their line-out defence of getting a man in the air was was excellent. But that was not good enough. And that is an area where we've got Stuart Hooper, Neil Hatley, Luke Charteris, and Mark Lilly all work focused on that line out. And that, that completely fell apart. And that that was the reason we, we lost the game on, on on Friday on Saturday night. Um just the inability to, to, to keep possession with that line out. Well, yeah, that a huge point. But
0: I mean Charlie Hughes, he says coming with a huge amount of flack. I mean he he's he was the line-out caller. He came oh, out after the game. game and I, I thought, yeah, huge huge. I mean, like respect to him for taking that responsibility on on his shoulders straight after the game. I, I did think that was a good sign as captain. I mean, i, I he doesn't he doesn't deserve all of the all of the uh, crap that he's getting at the moment because he's he's a very good player. But he just had he just had a bad. He just had a bad night, I think. But the combination of the second rows and both hookers not being able to hit their men—it uh, just—I mean, you, you you can you can get away with a few of them when when one cog isn't turning. But when you got two cogs not turning like that, it, yeah, it just all, came, all came all fed to pieces, and that was a huge, huge uh, impact on 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 the game, as you say, Gabriel. One, yeah, one, think- of, one of the key
2: the other thing about the lineup is like your lifting pods so key and often you'll see an overthrow and actually the throws may have been bang on, you know, Tom, Tom Dunn may have his darts straight in the, the treble 20. Um, as he, as he said, when we, we had him on the podcast, but if the lift is not early, if the lift is too late, then it looks like an overthrow from the hooker. So it's often very difficult actually to identify what the issue is. And as you say, Charlie, it's like has to be a very well-oiled machine with all three parts working in harmony. And, and, you know, we just didn't see that. And I'll say something that I haven't said on this podcast or maybe ever. Um, I, I actually agree with what Lawrence Delaglio was saying on on commentary. Um, because he, he made the point that you've got all these big, tall lads who, I think mean, they have three or four jumpers who are going up um, on the Montpellier side. Just shorten the line out have one pod and or, or a four-man line-out and try, and try and make there be basically fewer options for Montpellier to, to compete. And, you know, the most success we actually had in the line-out during the whole game was when Henry Thomas came on, stood in that kind of dummy front position with his hands up. And then he got the ball twice in a row and we actually kept, kept the line-out. And that was the, the best we did. Um, mm. And again, it, it, it's back to the point of we realised that a bit too late. We realised that, and we'd all, already lost all those lineups that, that that you mentioned. And I think it takes guys like Charlie Yule's, Tom Dunn, uh, Josh McNally, who, let's be honest, has been captain and probably been running the lineout for a lot of the time whilst whilst has been away. It takes those guys to adapt a little bit and to 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 change it up. Very easy to say when you're in the commentary box or or on your sofa. But as you say, G, that was one of the key aspects. And whilst we still got opportunities, despite how bad the lineouts were, if we'd nailed those lineouts, you'd have to think that one, at least one of, mm-hmm. we
1: managed to get over the line at least once. Well, yeah, you're right, and it's all very well going to Henry Thomas at the front, but Henry Thomas is not then going to set up a maul, which which allows us to to kind of power over, which we we scored countless tries from this season. So the fact that we weren't able to get that 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 ball down from a, a lifting pod and then kind of um, Maul over, more over near to the line was, was was such a big impact. I actually think it, it took uh, Luke Charteris to come onto the field with water to actually kind of say to Charlie Aules, try and shorten the line out. So so I, think, blast. <laughs> so I think that so I so I think that that that, that yeah, Charlie Aules is coming in for, for kind of a lot of criticism, and I think yeah, it really wasn't a good a good a good night for him because I think we didn't adapt. Um, but in particular, we didn't adapt in that line out and, and that's really where he needs to be, be dominating that. And, and he's kind of an experienced guy now who potentially had, had some Lions aspirations, uh, I think before Friday night, uh, so I keep saying Friday night, Saturday night, um, but, yeah, I think, I think that was a really damning night for him. Um, boys, yeah. would any of you kind of, I, I, you know, a lot of people have gone as far to, to kind of question the, his club captaincy on, on, on Twitter. I think, you know, I don't even think it was just from Saturday night. I think it's been building for a couple of weeks uh, with the way McNally's maybe stepped in. Charlie, would you kind of consider a change at the end of the season, especially given yours might be away with England more now? Um, I don't know who would step in. To fill his Well, okay. So it could be Spencer or McNally or Dunn. Yeah, pretend. I don't know. I mean, you,
0: being a captain of a club isn't just done on a Saturday. You've got to remember that. It's, it's what goes on. But, well, okay, but it's your main well, job, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, the. There's, there's, there's lots of these guys like you say Spencer McNally they're all part of a leadership group I don't think it's a, it's a complete dictatorship on the field about who makes these decisions all these guys have to be able to identify like mm. this clearly isn't working we've got to change it doesn't fall on one person's shoulders I mean let's be honest you're not going to be leaving it entirely to your captain to to be seeing whether you should there's space out wide I mean a 10 has got such an influential role on how you actually play the game on, on, on a Saturday and I think club captain isn't yeah as i say it's not it's not just on, on on a Saturday. it should be with someone who's who's able to make that impact throughout the week and I think the biggest question therefore is Charlie yours is away with England a lot, especially this season he's been away with England a lot. so do you look for someone I mean yeah do you consider someone who's been who's who's, who's going to be around i mean maybe not done, maybe not Spencer because who knows all it takes is a few few good games or, or one decision change from Eddie Jones for them not to be about for half the year. So mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so someone like McAnally potentially, but uh, I mean, Charlie, always has been around the club for a long time. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's grown up, he's come through the Academy and uh, it's, he's, he's clearly more passionate about the club than arguably mm-hmm. half the squad. So, uh, I, 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 I what are you I'm doing? Really pinning my master either way, but I, that's sort of my opinion. I I don't feel there's a need to change it um, unless he's going to be away for for a long time. But I can't really see someone glaringly obvious to to, to fill his shoes. Uh, I mean, I, we've spoken about Tom Dunn, but yeah, you know, uh, that's 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 what I'll say. Really,
1: sorry. I- Tom if, i'm not I'm not kind of saying that I would I'm just kind of you know a lot of people on are commenting on our post saying that they would so uh, I just kind of want to get your guys' views really, Tom I
2: wouldn't um, simple as that really i i I don't I don't know who you'd give it to I think Ben Spencer will be involved in an England shirt very soon, um, perhaps even a, a red shirt if the rumors are to believe we'll, we'll come on to that. Um, and uh, so I don't think that argument really holds up. McNally's in a great a great run of form at the moment, but there's no guarantee that he's a he's a starter in a season or two's time. If Elliot Stoop continues to get better, and then we could end up with the situation that we have with Matt Garvey, when our club captain can't even get get a start. You know, Char- Charlie Hughes he had a, he had a, he had a bad game, and the lineup is is what he will pride himself on, and Hooper will pride himself on, and Charteris, and all those names that you mentioned. It's embarrassing that. a a leadership group like that can't get the lineups right but ultimately he's time and time again over the seasons been involved showing that he's a cool head on on some very young shoulders still only 25 and I I was saying during Matt Garvey's tenure that I thought Yule's was the long-term replacement for him and I think he's from everything that we see he seems like a really uh, rational um, level-headed captain you know, he, as I say, he struggled on on Saturday, and he'll be gutted. You saw the interview with him; how gutted he was. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, G.
1: No, I don't think I would either. But yeah, get in touch with us at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter uh, with your thoughts on on kind of what you would do with the the leadership at the club. But yeah, I agree. I think, I think, I think, I think we've got we've got to stick with Charlie Yule's. Boys, and what else do we want to get onto with this game? I, I kind of feel like we're being we're being extremely negative, and I do think that we want to I, I want on, to try and find some positives. But where else do you want to go with this, Tom?
2: Can I, can I bring up one thing? I, I think we've you know we've spoken about Charlie Yule's, and he's obviously a senior player, and it's 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 disappointing that he he obviously didn't step up in what was you know a massive game, must win game that was was being touted. But I think there are some other guys that we should we should probably mention as well. You know, with the exception of Anthony Watson, who was. I thought absolutely superb and showed once again that he's a big game player. I think you know other guys that we were really pleased to to see come back in. So Toby Falatau, um, Jonathan Joseph, even Will Stewart, who we said would be so so important. Mm. Again, those guys were 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 pretty anonymous, and it shouldn't be that you're looking for solutions with Orlando Bailey in his whatever it is second start or first European start or whatever it was. It should be that these guys, Toby Falatau, et cetera, step up and, and kind of take the game by the scruff of the neck when, when, it's, when it's not going well. And I, I just feel like there, there were other guys, other senior players who, you know, went missing a bit. And I, I don't like to criticise players because they're clearly going to be hurting as well. But I, I feel like for, for what was touted as being such a massive game for the club, our key players, our big money players, um, uh, you know, went missing a little bit.
1: Mm. Yeah, I agree. And there was no support really for for kind of yours in that. And 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 you're right. I think how many times have we asked Talupe Fallatao to take a game for Bath by the scruff of the neck? And and how often have, have we actually seen uh, Talupe Falatao do that for Bath? I'd say not not enough. Um, but yeah, you're right, the players obviously gonna be hurting, you know, more a lot more than what we are and what, what any other fans are, but you're right. I, I, I do think that the, the, the big the big players that we needed to step up just 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 didn't step up on on Saturday, cool. night. and yeah, it was hugely disappointing, wasn't it?
0: Zach Mercer did step up in the Zach Mercer Bowl, though. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, yeah, he didn't have a bad game. Didn't have a bad game. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought he was quite impressive. To be honest, I thought he he, he carried hard. I mean, he was by far and away uh, the the leading ball carrier in the pack. He made. 70 75 odd metres uh, on the night which you know is about as much as the rest of the pack put together and I, you know, I, I it's just it, watching a game like that especially against his his uh, club to be was hugely painful when you talk about Super Falatao and the impact that, that he had on the game it's you know it, it, it does raise raise some eyebrows
1: well we've got yeah, if you're, okay, go on
0: Tom well I was going to say if you're on
2: Montpellier fm watching that you're probably picking out that Mercer was like the one player yep we'll have him next year
1: thank you very much <laughs> yeah tough to take and I would, I would just want to touch on, on Montpellier you know I, I think we felt like the game was there for the taking because we had so much uh, so much possession so much kind of time in their 22, 29% in that second half. And I think because of that, there's almost like a um like a I guess an attitude that that, 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 that was there for the taking because Montpellier weren't very good. And I don't think Montpellier were fantastic, but their defence, their line out defence and their their grit close to the line was was very, very impressive, I thought. That Paul Willem 25 tackles on the night, he was he was everywhere. He was fantastic. That Kamara, every single line out, he was putting pressure on on um, on Walker and done. So I would say credit to, to Montpellier's pack. And I thought that, yeah, they probably didn't play as well as they would like, but they really gritted that 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 performance out in what's been a disappointing season for mm. for, for them. I think to Will Stewart, eleven carries for twelve meters. Probably one of our best carriers. I think that really showed the the heart of, of that Montpellier pack. They're, their fans can be proud, and and kind of will all be fans of theirs in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> did you see the interview with um, Paul Wemser? Uh, I did not. I turned the TV oh, okay. off relatively <laughs> yeah, quickly. Yeah, I, managed,
2: yeah. I managed, to, managed to watch that um, good, good French lad. He he was um, yeah. It was it's quite <laughs> interesting. He was, he was talking about the the break in that they've had, obviously three or four weeks. And it basically, that it had given them time to watch loads of footage of, of the Bath line-out and, and try and like work it out. So, you know, we talk about tactics and what Bath should have done. But I think it was very smart, really, from Montpellier to, to, to study the line-out and to compete as much as they did. And as you said, G, basically stop our driving more, which is one of our most, attack, one of our most potent weapons. Basically, stop that at source. So, you've got to say fair play. Um, you know they had. A, I thought they had a shocking start to, to the game that allowed us to score. But coming into that second half, they 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 were
0: a brick wall, weren't they? Yeah. I, mean, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that biltong was such a popular French post-match snack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I think that um, Ben Charlie's going to have a go at me for my French pronun- French pronunciation, but Benoit Palet. Uh, after a pretty sloppy start, he really grew into the game and, and controlled it. Controlled it in the second half. That kick for for Kamara's try was delightful, actually. Um, Charlie, you met, I think we've mentioned Watson, um, and I don't know if we've actually mentioned any other positives. So I don't. I really hate it when we're really negative, uh, and I really hate it when Bath fans are all really negative. So so come on, pick through the litter, pick through the the, the crash, and, and and show me some some positives from. From from Saturday night,
0: yeah. I mean, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Miles Reed when when he came on again just went sort of like from strength to strength. He really, he he does just seem to pop up absolutely everywhere on the pitch. Uh, so yeah, really good to see his sort of work it right when he came on, and uh, yeah, just helping helping to 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 just clear out, get us some quicker ball, and um, try and slow down uh, some of that some of that uh, Montpellier ball and. Um, just get his head in the spokes everywhere it needs to be. I mean, he he doesn't shirk away from from uh, from from a bit of physicality. So yeah, just r- really exciting and just positive to see him just you know, continue going from strength to strength. And you know, he he really seemed to actually make a bit of an impact off the bench, which I was just about to say say to you there, Gabriel. I mean, you, you have some Montpellier's praises in in the right areas, I think. Uh, but also, like you look at that you look at that Montpellier bench that they had to come on like Andre Pollard Kobus Reinhardt yeah. uh, among Depast the rest of them it, yeah so, yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yeah really I mean when you compare the names on their bench to the names on our bench it was it was sort of looking difficult to turn around uh, the scoreline going wow. into the, like, the final quarter of the game
1: I agree on on Miles Reed, and I think whilst we're really disappointed to to see Zach Mercer go, that that back row does not work. Mercer, Underhill, um, and it just it does never work. So I think yeah, we'll be gutted to see Mercer go, and Mercer's not the one that I'd want to lose from that from that back row. Um, but yeah, I, I really think a, a, an out and out fetcher be that. Read or bayless uh, i th- I just think it balances it so much, so yeah, that's not a problem that we're gonna have to deal with um for... and just my final point on this, boys, um obviously, it was a brutal, brutal night on on Saturday night, so tough as a bath fan, we were gutted, I was gutted, the players you know you mentioned the Yule's interview, um yeah just clearly so upset that this was such an opportunity to win a trophy particularly with Leicester in the final at Twickenham with fans back in Uh, yeah for for fans and players like it was a really tough night but um, yeah one of those where I think when we do get there um, and obviously we will get there lads you know we're all young so at some point in our lives we will get to the top Um, yeah it's these nights that we'll look back on and think Oh my word, wasn't that tough to take. So and that'll make it all the more sweeter uh, when we when we do kind of win win everything and and yeah. Um so that's my last point in the game. Let's move on, boys, to uh talk about the Lions recording on on Tuesday night. Um Thursday, I think, is the Lions squad selection. Um, so let's kind of talk about this from a bath perspective. I think two certainties in Falatau and um Watson, I think. Tough to argue with that, and I think there's, there's there's quite a few. I would say all of them are, are on the fringe, and I think maybe we we can expect one or two of these. So the list I've got, boys, is Underhill, Stewart, Spencer, Redpath, Abano, Yule's, McConaughey Tom, how many of them do you think um, you think we'll get?
2: Well, McConaughey's obviously a, a banker, so I don't know why <laughs> what you're playing right, in up. Charlie's Charlie's looking furious because you've not
1: put Will Muir on there. Um, <laughs> no, I I, I uh, said Spencer, Charlie. That's Ben Spencer. I told me to add <laughs> to the, to yeah.
2: the next. <laughs> um Will Spencer's already packed his bags. I think. Um, no, I, I I don't know. I think maybe a bit optimistic. Some of those names, to be honest, G. I think. Who do I think will get on? So I think if you'd ask me after the World Cup, then Underhill would probably be. The guy that I would say was most likely in the whole bath squad, even potentially to to to, to go on, on tour. He's obviously been hampered with injuries during the Six Nations. And I think that, that has, you know, set him back a little bit. He's not looking quite as dominant as he has done, which is understandable given 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 he's been out injured. I think I think he'll 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 get his way in. Um, I think he's he's too good a player to to leave out and he's he's performed at that top, top level. Um, albeit not against, you know, Springboks, but you know, he, he was so good in that World Cup. The other guy that I think has is, is got a very good chance is Ben Spencer. I think when you look at the Lions squads, the 36-man squad, I think you know, scrum half is probably the area where you'd maybe say it's the weakest position group across the the, the, the respective countries. Um, the Telegraph, as well, you probably boys have seen, were reporting that maybe he was a he was a bolter. So, how much um, you know you know weight there is in there, um, I, I don't know. But you know, I think Spencer's got a a, a very very good chance of, of being one of those kind of non international bolters that, that 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 are sometimes picked. So, I think there, my my probably top two out of the list you 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 named. Um, but I'll, I'll Charlie, have you got any, any other any others that you think would would make the cut?
0: Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's it's a shame with Underhill just not having having recent uh, Six
1: Nations time, uh, but otherwise, yeah, it, it, like, agreed there. Well, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, boys, but if you if you're getting taken off on in the fifth, in like fifty minutes for Miles Reed in the semi in the European semi-final, it's not just Six Nations. It's also his form's not been been there.
0: Yeah, but maybe it's not been quite up like scratch where. Where where he he's shown he can be, but like, there's there's plenty of game tape like on him just tearing up trees at an international level, and hmm. he's he's a seriously big game player. I mean, I'd argue that often, like m- most of his best performances on a rugby field, definitely come in an England shirt. I mean, he, he he's a phenomenal player for Bath, but. For some, some something seems to click inside of him that just like catapults him to an even even greater level when he when he plays on the international stage.
1: Um, mm. he, he seems to almost like ex- accentuate his talent. I'd be I'd be surprised if Underhill's on the plane. I really would. Really? Yeah, who, I, don't I don't understand. who you,
2: who you're picking up flanker other than Curry. I don't see who else is ahead of him. Tipperick,
1: really? I mean, I know. Sorry, Byrne, the, the Irish guy. I think you know? I think he. Probably what about the it? Scottish guy, Watson? Where's Watson? Well, many, I,
0: I'll be surprised. Yeah. Well, uh, that, that I mean, that's I think I think had he been playing in the Six Nations uh, and yeah. hadn't been coming back from an injury, Mars Reed. But I think I think you you asked the same question in in November then. Underhill is probably on there. I mean, I think like, he's one of those players who probably has some credit in the bank, as opposed to yeah. others. Who I mean, he's he's played in a World Cup final. He's he's done fantastic things on the yeah. international stage. Yeah, for, like, quite
2: a I years. think it's fair to say if, he, if he'd done what he's done in his international career for Wales, and it was at this point, <laughs> yeah. he'd, he'd, be, he'd be a he'd be a no brainer. Whether or not Gatland will see it the same way as we do, I mean, it, the fact that he was there for Bartholomew, maybe suggests that he was looking at a couple of players. Given that you know Faletau and Watson are probably probably shoo-ins, he doesn't really need to see them. So you know, was he looking at Underhill as one of the guys there? And if so, Underhill didn't have his best game, did he? Also, so
1: also there wasn't loads of rugby on Saturday night. So if he wasn't there, he questioned what he's doing. No, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. he's not, he's not going to. Um, he's not getting many players from Toulouse. Uh, what was the other? What was this European semi-final? Bordeaux. Yeah, there's not many from Toulouse-Bordeaux, is there? So you'd expect him to be at the Bath semi-final. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so, so we think... Yeah. Sorry, Charlie, go on, I
0: interrupted you. No, no, it's all right. Uh, I mean, I think, like, Tom, yeah, scrum half, I think we there will be a bolter. Whether it's Ben Spence or not, I don't think Saturday night did him too many favours, to be honest. Uh, I think he probably could have managed like the, the game a bit better in one of those you know, half-back positions and just... Not just letting the forwards continue like, on their sort of yeah headbutting ways, but uh, I think uh, like Stewart and Stewart and Redpath for me are the only other sort of realistic ones there. I think Stuart is is in a shootout. I mean, so I think Furlong and Sinclair will be will be the, the two tight heads that, that are sort of nailed on to go, and then I think he's that sort of third slot. Whether whether he takes four, I'm not sure, but I think it's probably like he's guaranteed to take three. So I think it's probably a, a shootout with you know, like P- Porter and WP Nell. I'm, I'm not really sure. Again, it's oh. that that third that third jersey seems to be a bit up for grabs.
2: I think it'd be Zander Ferguson, wouldn't it? Um, who's the Scottish yeah, fighter? Yeah. And Porter. Porter Porter's, Porter's, Porter's a really really good player. Yeah. I I think I think Stuart might might miss out to be honest. Yeah. Uh, like you talk about game tape, he's not actually played that much international rugby whereas you look at uh, Porter or, or Vegas and playing for lesser nations, yeah, but they've got, um, <laughs> they've got, well they are, but they've got, um, they've got Get, they played international level more than he has. What? Oh, that's true.
1: I both just feet, love it. I just love how feet flippantly, feet. like, just you just did, like, just say about the. I, mean, I agree, hundred percent. World Cup finalists, World Cup I know, winners. I like to join us as you talk about Ireland when you when you <laughs> in that sort of mood. Yeah, um, I think. But, I think. Go on, Charlie. Sorry,
0: mate. No, no. know so, I mean, yeah, you might. You're probably about to talk about it, but I, I like then. I mean, other. I mean, are you about, are you gonna talk about Spencer? Uh, sorry, not Spencer. Skewitt
1: uh, well, I, I think, yeah, I think Stuart's, I think it's tough, as Tom says. Um, Ab- Abano, like, I think both of them are kind of probably not quite there. Um, You know, I think there's probably two English guys ahead of Abano anyway. Uh, So I, I think both of them are, are just going to miss out. Um, yeah, I think Ab- Abano's got the
2: issue where he, he's he's. I think he's good enough. But the loose head prop position's just pretty solid. I mean, for England, it's, you know, we've got three looseheads who are ahead of him in Bunapola, Mahler whether or not he'd want to go and, and Ellis Genge who's, who's I reckon will, will certainly go on on tour and then there are some you know some decent operators for it you know and Healy um, WP Nella loosehead can't remember but a couple of others that, that are probably going to be ahead of Urbano so I think he struggles which is disappointing because Wyn Jones he, the Welsh guy is probably yeah, 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 yeah. Wyn Jones one of the players of Six Nations wasn't he so I yeah, think he's stronger than that. I don't know who else. What other names did you have? McConaughey. So
1: Redpath, and you. So you, Yule, yours, Yule, yours is putting now in his coffin on Saturday. That's not happening. Redpath, I played once for Scotland, and he he, did, he played well. Four trees exactly. Yeah. I think I I would actually
0: I I would take Redpath. I think, think Redpath's kind of our desperate third lion. Yeah, I think I think uh like yeah, is like it's quite lack. Hmm. But it's one of these positions that seems to lack a little bit uh, in the twelve jersey. I mean, you'd probably play Henshaw and another in like, Jonathan Davies or Sparrow, oh, mate. Ringrose. I think that yeah, a lot yeah,
2: of that's gonna going to come. Rose. A lot of that will come down to like what they're going to do at fly half. If they play yeah. ten twelve, then suddenly it probably means that there's a there's one fewer slot. For for camera part, I
0: mean, yeah, it depends where they see Farrell. Because let's be honest, despite him not playing very well, Farrell will still go. I think, but yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be looking at him as a twelve. Uh, I, I I would look at him as a as a ten, and I'll be uh, i would be looking at someone someone interested for that twelve jersey. And I think you know, he he, he could he
1: could he, Redpath offers something different. So yeah. why not? I, I really, quite. I really, yeah. I think Cam's got a chance. So I think we probably, yeah. I think maybe with, I think we might get three. So there are two certainties, and then we've got like a third of a line in Underhill, Red Path, and McConaughey. So yeah, the chance are probably three um, for, for Bath. Maybe, maybe two is more likely, but yeah, hugely exciting.
2: I uh, think, quickly, if we get three, then we might well be, we might well be top of the. The, the, the standings in terms of premiership clubs I mean I don't know how many extra are going to manage to sneak in but that will be a nice, uh, a nice way to round off what's been a tough week or so If we, I'd rather, we be, top. Top. I'd
1: rather be top of the actual league
2: yeah but it's you know it's, uh, beggars can't be choosers at this point <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah anyway get in touch with us obviously before Thursday with your thoughts at Bath Rugby Club on socials how many lines will we have um, yeah maybe a reflection on how it could have gone this season with the kind of the names we've got there um, moving on, boys. Finally to to Bristol on on Saturday afternoon, four thirty kickoff at the Wreck. Um, and Tom, you were a, a guest appearance, uh, or you made a guest appearance on the Bristol rival podcast uh, Bears Beyond the Gate. I think it's called. Um, talk us through that. I bet they were a little bit bullish on on Bristol's chances uh, on Saturday night, and that was that was before uh, Bart's meltdown against Montpellier.
2: Yeah, they, they they seem pretty happy with with how everything's going. Sort of a couple of seasons into their their Premiership um, their Premiership campaign. Um, yeah, no, it was really good. Pete, who runs the podcast, is a really nice guy, and I was on also with with Bath Bites, who is is all over Twitter, and and it was it was good to meet him, uh, meet a face there as well um, at, at long last. Um, but yeah, it, it seems a fairly bleak prospect, but. I mean, as I was kind of keen to remind them I mean they kept they kept kind of you know hinting back to that forty eight three loss in January where we were without six or seven internationals, the spine of our team really, so albeit that was a shocking a shocking day and a very painful night, I think that we will put up a a better fight than than we did on 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 that particular day. I also think our defense has improved which is which is going to help, and hopefully we've been working on that kind of transition defense that we've spoken about it so many times so yeah I think a big part of it was going to come down to our selection and if we'd won that Montpellier game I'd almost be dreading it more to some degree because we'd probably then put out a second string side that would that would get taken to the cleaners now realistically this season our main thing to fight for is is pride and against Bristol kind of that that is you know there's it, 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 even more so to to kind of put our best side and
0: and put our best foot forward. I would say, yeah. I mean, I I only see this going one way. Yeah. If, in all honesty, I mean, it's really tough to say. But like Bath, what it's been it's been three weekends in a row now where we've really not performed very well. Like, there's all been huge things to play for. I mean, you'd say like, oh, we've got we've got something to play for now. We've had something to play for for like, for a long, long time. And, yeah, I think, well, it's been three weekends in a row because sort I've of asked myself, you know, how many times can you burn toast in a row? I don't know. I mean, it sort of feels a bit like that. Like, was it just going to, we're going to do something wrong again and throw away another game. But, uh, I just, I just think I see us getting outclassed by this Bristol team, unfortunately. Um, mm. they're, they're, they're flying. They've got, semi they've got like a home semi-final to play for uh yeah
2: yeah do they? i mean i don't know if they do really like they they they're, they're miles ahead and are seven or eight points clear of second extra and second and then i think 11 or 12 or something like that points clear of of third so there's you know. We can hope, I think, a little bit that there's some <laughs> there's some there's some chance that they are flying so high that they maybe take their their foot off the gas a little bit because the semi-final, let's be honest, is is already pretty much a, a done deal. So, well,
1: Tom, thank you. You just made you just made my Tuesday night so much better. I just love how <laughs> you are you are searching still uh, despite all the evidence to suggest um, that it's going to be so tough. On Saturday, you are searching still for reasons to be positive. Thank you so much. I've needed that <laughs> after a, a tough weekend of of watching Bath. Um, you no, know, I don't want to be. Go on, Charlie. I
0: was going to say, well, Gabe,
1: I, there's
0: there, there is one thing to be positive about this week. It Doesn't matter what happens for Bath on Saturday. Both yourself and I shall be gracing the rugby field mm-hmm. for Old Suleians. I don't even know who we're playing yet, but we are playing rugby again this. Saturday so go on let you go be, be positive about that mate I've actually got work
1: so I'm not playing <laughs> so, no, so yeah, that's so, yeah, we'll take that offline but yeah that's that's kind of been a kind of final bend in my rugby coffin this weekend when I got that news but um yeah so I don't want to be too you might, negative you might, get, you might get some good service ones Charlie <laughs> yeah exactly you know I don't want to be too negative about 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 this this week about kind of the rest of the season for Bath, um, but it was announced in the week that there that, um, that was going to be eight teams in the Champions Cup, which kind of takes that fight out for top six, and and it kind of really just leaves you with a bit of like uh, that Saturday was just just kind of the, just 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 so so disappointing because that was was really what our season was gonna come down to. Success in that kind of would define the success of the season. And now, having lost that, kind of I don't really know what what kind of there is to fight for. Like, yeah, okay, top eight, but I mean you could argue that that we'd be better off not trying Qualifying for the Champions Cup and going into the Challenge Cup because we might actually do do okay in that. I think it's just so so disappointing. But um, and Bristol being rested as well, having had had a week off. I, I you know I, I really think it's going to be a tough a tough ask on Saturday, and I think it's going to be a huge reflection for me on on. the the state of the squad uh, and kind of the leaders in the squad who got a lot of criticism as we've spoken about, but how they kind of galvanize these boys, how they convince them that that, that they need to put in their best performance. I think it's going to kind of be a huge reflection on on the, the culture that Hooper's created and the, the kind of the atmosphere in that camp which which must just be so down at the moment how, how they turn that around and, and, and perform on Saturday I think will tell us a lot about where we are kind of in terms of an atmosphere in and around the team
2: yeah and I think like, like you say you know it, it almost feels like Gloucester have probably felt most of the season and that there's nothing to play for uh, there's nothing to play for now but I think you know Guys like Miles Reid, Josh Bayless, they've shown that even when the chips are down, they will fight for every last inch. And I think that's what we need to do on Saturday. Exeter showed the way to beat Bristol, and that is to be all over them in defence, not give those those dangerous um, outside backs any chance or any space, and hang on to the ball. Don't give away the ball, um, cough it up, or get turned over because the counter attack is so dangerous. So, you know, we're just going to have to put our best foot forward come out of the blocks firing as fast as we can try and upset Bristol's rhythm a little bit try and get all over them and not let those guys get any space and be be on it at the breakdown and if we can do all those things that we've not done at all for about 3 seasons
0: <laughs> we'll be able to that
2: to
0: all I'd say Tom is We've already lost to one semi this week, and I think we'll be losing to another
1: at <laughs> the weekend. <laughs> it it, it kind of works that joke, so not bad. But then, um, <laughs> and I think we've got the name name of the podcast nailed down. So, um, yeah, Charlie, I don't even want to come to you with your with your prediction. Um, Tom, tell, you me Bath Bath by, on, t- tell me, Bath are going to win by tell me, Bath are going to win by fifteen points, and then I'll, I'll, we can, we can end right there. Tom. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, I will we'll
2: do the job. As I said to Pete, we'll do the job. We, we, we scrape through. I'll go Bath
1: five points. Charlie? Bath by 50. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I can't predict a Bristol win. So, um, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. So, yeah, Bath by one point. How about that? Um, boys, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, that's been some sort of therapy session after what was a brutal night. Um, but as Charlie says, from one semi to another, uh, and we will, we'll be back um, in our usual spot of Monday night. Whatever happens against Bristol, that's a promise. Um, and as I always say, even in this, this pretty thin few weeks spell, stick behind the boys through thick and thin.